My name is Cornell, and my dad passed away suddenly at the age of 47. Hello, everyone. This is another episode of Dead Talks. My name is David Ferrugio, and here we go again. I'm not sure if I should apologize at this point. Today, we have another guest that's coming on. He is a close friend of several years right now. He is a Hungarian friend from Czechoslovakia, which I just learned prior to that, but maybe he'll share that a little bit more when we get here. He is a gentleman, an entrepreneur, and I am excited to share his story, or rather hear him share his story. So without further ado, we have my friend Cornel Galambos. Cornel, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you, David, for having me. Of course, man. So, per usual, I just want to kind of get right into it. Um, let us know who we're remembering today and start wherever you want. So, thanks again for having me. Um, we're going to remember about my dad. His name was Robert Galambos. As you can hear, I have an accent. So, as you said, I'm Hungarian from Czechoslovakia. English is not my first language. It's actually my fourth Fourth? Uh, yes, sir. Okay, that's three more than I have, so yes, sir. Very, very nice. <laughs> English, Hungarian, Slavic, and Czech. Uh, my dad, actually, he spoke six. He spoke Hungarian, Czech, Slovak, Russian, Ukrainian, Serbian, Bulgarian, and a little bit of English. A little bit of English. Yes, sir. Okay, um, the last priority. <laughs> he passed away uh, when he was 47. That was 15 years ago. Um he was born in 1958 and had a short life of 47 age. It was sudden. He never had any health issues. Uh, it was a pulmonary embolism. Uh, what that means is it was a, there was a blood, cut, blood clot. I think that's how you say it in English. Sorry for my <laughs> language. Uh, which got into his lung and that just uh, complete, ended his life in, in a matter of seconds. So even the EMT guy said that that the chances of saving someone with a pulmonary embolism is down to 1%. Even if they arrive in five minutes, which in our case was 45 minutes, because I live in a really tiny village, um, 600 people, the population, and we are so far away from any town that for the EMT guys, it took 45 minutes to arrive. Jesus. Yeah, I was sucked. We did have a doctor um, in the village, but he knew my dad, <laughs> which means he knew that my dad had an issue with alcoholism. So when my mom made a phone call that hey, there's something wrong with Robert, uh, he was like, ah, he's going to be fine. Probably he's just drunk again. Because what happens with pulmonary embolism is a shortness of breath. Uh, you're catching for your breath. You have chest pain and that's it. Right. Um, I wasn't home at that time. I was in college, actually, um, studying for my IT master's degree. My brother was home. He's two years younger. Um, he was actually studying for becoming a fireman. So he was trying to do CPR, but um, it didn't help. It didn't help in this case. And uh, it was a trauma for him because he saw my dad passed away. I was not there. Physically, he was there the moment it happened. Yes, he what, he just collapsed or something. He just collapsed, and my brother jumped on him, trying to do CPR, just like he saw it in the movies, and uh, no reaction. My mom was calling the EMT, but in a third world country um, like Eastern Europe, Slovakia, Hungary, and any of those countries, the EMT is so messed up when you make a phone call. 
um, they're going to ask for your social. They're going to make sure that you have insurance because how should I say? They're going to treat people differently if you have insurance versus you don't. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so tell me if I'm if I'm in this little town. Yeah. So I have someone in my house that mm-hmm. trying to rob me. I get to the phone somehow and I say, there's an intruder in my house. I need some help. They go, yeah, we'll be there in a second, but what's your social security? Yeah, kind of like that. Unless you member of the mafia or some really rich person who has good connections. Um, they just drop a name and then they'll come? Yeah. yeah. So, it's kinda, it's, so it took 45 minutes for them to get there. Yeah. I feel like they gave you this 1% chance because of how long it fucking takes yep. that town. And so do you ever get a... I know you said it was random and, and um, kind of spur of the moment. Was there any idea as to how that does happen? Or is it just as, the blood clots as random as it is? So they the doctors couldn't really figure out what, why did the blood clot uh, appeared in his body. It could be f- from many issues because he had issues with alcoholism. So l- often when he was blackout drunk, he... If he passed away or he bumped himself to something, he always had bruises on his side. So the doctors were thinking that maybe he fell in one one incident and it was so bad that he never treated it properly. The This blood clot just appeared in his vessels and it, it went all the way up to his heart. And there are two parts of the heart. Um, I'm not really good at this stuff. My girlfriend is a nurse. She knows better. But one part is pushing the blood to your lungs and to the other parts of your body the other again i suck at this but long story (laughs) short this blood clot got into the heart and it pushed it to the lung and after a matter of minutes it was just done so it seems like it was not because of the alcohol it was just the effect the alcohol had to to the fall has he always as far as you remember was he always had an issue with alcohol yes like all your life um yeah i think he was 18 when he was introduced to alcohol, he was he was a soldier, and uh, it was just a common thing that you drink and you smoke, and um, it was we it, it got to the point that um, he was not able to admit it to himself that he has a problem. He just said, "I just drink occasionally." Did you try? Did you guys anyone your family? Yeah, we we tried, and because of his profession, he was he was driving a train, so he was an engine driver. He actually had to blow every time when he started the shift because you are endangering hundreds of people's life, you know, when you drive a train. And um, he was always managed to, you know, pass those, those, let's call it inspection, when, he, when they were checking his alcohol level because he had a procedure how to sober up after drinking for two, three days, you know, uh, drinking tomato juice or um, almond milk or um, I don't know certain food he knew that he had that certain nutrients getting into his body in 12 hours and certain exercises would clean out his body so we when he went to work before his shift he blow in uh, and um, he passed her do you remember any discussions you guys had that stand out in regards to any attempts you've made to confront it or your or your mother or your brother like, oh yes many times um, what kind of response was it um, the response was that he has no issues. Like, uh, he doesn't understand why everyone is looking at him as the black sheep of the family. And, um, and, um, he doesn't need help. And I just, just let it be. He right. turned away from his family as well, as far as his dad and his mom 
stop listening to them and his brother as well. He had a younger brother who was my godfather and um, he just ignored everyone, just left his life. So you say you felt like a black sheep. Um, what kind of what kind of relationship did you have with your father you and your brother? Not, not good. Not, not good because I started resenting him. You know, I called him out on his bullshit and um, I, I actually started working out um, to have a stronger physique because he reached a level of alcoholism that he was physically abusing my mom when he got drunk. And um, often, you know, they when they got into discussions, you know, she got hit. And um, I wanted to be the person who I can stand between them and protect her. So I started working out. And when I was 18, that's, I never fought in my life. I'm 35 now. I'm 6'5", 200 pounds. Uh, I have big muscles. <laughs> yeah, there we go. If, we'll show that on YouTube yes, for anyone sir. listening. Yes, sir. <laughs> but uh, they never had a fight in my life because if, if it would get to that point, people look at me and they just was out. But my first fight was actually with my dad because um, I was trying to protect my mom. So I jumped between them and I said, why don't you pick a person in your size? And I was practicing Muay Thai at that time, so... Um, but you were prepared. I was prepared, but I was so prepared that I I was an amateur in it, by the way. But have you seen one of those movies, those martial arts movies, when the person is, you know, hit, hitting, you know, the punches are coming, but at first it comes so slow? Yeah, was that what it felt like? Is that's how it felt, because when you're practicing a martial art, boxing or anything, you know, it... Everyone, the person who does not know any martial art, their movement just looks so fucking slow. Uh, right, right, all right. Yeah. So when yeah. my dad was trying to punch me, I was like, "Damn, he's so fucking slow. That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I can have whole a conversation. Tea. You know." So I was like, "I'm not gonna punch back. So just defend, defend." So he's trying to punch me once, twice, and third time, I'm like. Out of respect, although he, you are a fucking idiot, I'm not gonna punch back because it would be just too easy. Right, right. So then the fifth one just got in, uh, like a half punch, and um, he didn't broke my nose, but it started bleeding. And I looked at him, I'm like, dude, really? So we have to do this. So I did not really had a good relationship with him since I was 18, because I started standing up. He didn't like that, and. We were just back and forth. So I decided when I was 18, I'm going to pick one of the colleges really fucking far away, like 600 miles in a bigger city and um, and move away from home. So I usually came home maybe once a month or once every two months. Did you have any contact with him once you left or were you just like, your distance? Yeah, there? I usually just call him when I needed pocket money, to right. tell you the truth. Uh, otherwise, I did not really, I was trying to avoid him, trying to live my life and... Um, about your brother? My brother, he he was trying. He he was home. He was trying to be there, you know, for my mom. And um, he was kind of like the negotiator, trying to be in between, and everything's gonna be good. I was completely the opposite. I told my mom, "Why don't Why don't you just fucking divorce him? You know, I love him. I love you, but both of you guys like this is just not normal. One day someone's gonna die, because when." When a person is alcoholic to a certain point that um, doesn't remember a single thing of the conversation next day, because the, the person doesn't black out, but 
just such a rage and abuse of alcohol. Um, that next day, he, for example, he didn't he he didn't know that me and I, him and I, we had a fight. Like that, he, that he, story you just told me, he yeah, didn't remember that. He didn't remember. That. So was he always blacking out? He's like straight up just blackout drunk every time. Yeah. And this happened as far as long as you've known yeah. him, right? So since 18 when he first got introduced. Yes. So what I would you know, recommend or if I can give anyone an advice, um, if you have a person in your family who is this, this reach a level like that, um, you have two options. You, know, um, you can stand by and just be a bystander, but you cannot help them unless they want to be helped. Right. You cannot force them because... They're not going to take any actions. Even if you physically force them to go to a place to get better, um, they're going to leave eventually and they're going to come back with a bigger rage because we've physically forced him by using other family members to go and get clean. And next day he came back and got blackout drunk and beat up my mom and, you know, blaming my mom that it was your fucking fault. Why did you guys force me to go there? So you have two options. You just stay on the side and bystander and just watch how this person is completely destroying himself. Or um, if you're the lucky one that the person wakes up and asks for help, then you help him. But right. you cannot really do much. So what is it like? So in a lot of the story, you know, you hear stories of when you when someone dies, uh, you know, you have a good relationship with this person. So you coming from someone who didn't have, you know, mm-hmm. The perfect relationship with your father. When you heard the news, what is it, what is your response like that? You know, because the, the last few stories of the people I had on here and myself, and I had a good relationship with my dad, and I'm mm-hmm. just saying that for the story's sake, in a sense that since your relationship was kind of not tight, iffy, <laughs> iffy, whatever you want to say, yeah. Yeah. what uh, when you got the news, what what are your emotions like? Look, I'm I'm his child, so. It's just naturally you you love your parents no matter what, and I loved him. And the reason why I always got into a fight with him or I stood up because I just wanted to help him. I I did not wanted to accept the fact that he is an alcoholic. And uh, when I heard the news, it was six a.m. in the morning. Uh, I was in college, sleeping. Um, was about to wake up around 7 so my mom was calling me 6 a.m. crying on the phone she was like I'm in a hospital Um, your dad passed away and I was like wait what like what happened like why are you in a hospital what do you mean he's dead what do you what do you mean he passed away like what the fuck happened did you guys fight again like, did you accidentally stab him? I mean, my mom never <laughs> raised so him. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't to laugh, but I, I, I you, were, you were kind of smiling, so that's why I yeah, laugh for anyone not like, watching. I was like, what the heck happened, you know? Because when I last left from home, it seemed like you guys are fine and things are getting better. And, and she was like, I don't know. Just suddenly, you know, it was shortness of breath and um, just collapsed. And I was like, suddenly I felt like, you know, like like a hole and just like a numbness and warmth. Like I felt like I'm in a dark room, completely dark and warm inside and you have just no thoughts. You're like... Is it because you think you didn't know how to feel or is this... I, I didn't know how to feel. Like I had such a mixed emotions. I was like shit uh, um 
I just lost my dad. Like I've been craving for his attention and I've been craving for him to step up and be a man. And I was hoping that one day he will be maybe holding my child and be a grandpa and is not going to be around anymore. He's not going to see my, my success journey. And I was like, and on the other hand, which is messed up to say, I felt relieved because I was like, I just had this gut feeling that my mom and dad had this cat and mouse relationship that someone's going to die. And because they refused to leave each other, although I think that's a better option, you love the person, you just leave the person. Um, I, I, I was worried that one day he's going to hit her so bad and, you know, but that she's gonna never, never gonna wake up. So, so I was, your, I, I was, sorry. I, I was kind of relieved that it was him, not my mom. But it was messed up to say because I was like, why do I have this thought? You know, it's I still love him and I still respect him, and I, he helped me a lot to get into college. He was not able to help me much with money. So we can get into a different story how I was making side money to be in college, but that sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> but go on. But uh, it was just a whole mix of emotions when I heard the news. Uh, his favorite artist was Santana, so suddenly I felt like someone just turned on the radio in my head and started listening all the Santana songs, which I used to hate because hmm. an alcoholic person usually pick one song and puts it on replay right. for 10 times. <laughs> so, and, and that was my dad because he was a musician. So he was like, Cornell, listen, 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 that part. Oh my God, the bass guitar just sounds so good. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, the vocalist, that, that part was amazing. So we had to listen one song like fucking 10 times. And I started resenting all of these amazing artists like Santana and uh, Chris Rea and um, I don't know the others, so Joe Cocker and fucking hated all of them but when i heard the news suddenly i felt like this radio just got turned on hit the play and all of these songs was start repeating in my head that's wild it almost sounds like you had like an outer body experience of it just kind of you didn't know it was just confusion yeah you said your mom never ended up actually leaving him right no have you had a conversation with her like what, what was the yeah. what was the mindset of her you know taking that abuse and it would, I mean, you, I feel like you hear that a lot, you know, being in an abusive relationship, it's not easy to leave. Yes, I had a conversation with her before I left the college because I said, I was like, look, mom, I'm 18. I'm moving further because I was in high school, which was 100 miles away. So I already moved out when I was 14 and I came home maybe once a week or once every two weeks. Um, and when I turned 18, I got into college. I was like, mom, I'm moving even further away. Um, my brother was in my same high school, 100 miles away. So he did, he was not home all the time. I, I sat down with my mom and I asked her, I literally begged her, please just divorce him. Please. I know you love him. We all love him, but you cannot do much. You, you can't help him. And, um, but he loves us. I love him. I'm sorry, but fuck it. You know, like I love both of you guys, but when he is drunk, he is a different person, you know, and I, I'm just, I, I, I'm going to be worried every day. Are you still alive or no? Or did you guys got into a fight or no? And she said, no, no, I can't leave him. If I leave him, he's going to die. And I was like, 
he already made his choice. You know, you cannot do much. If you stayed, then he might gonna kill you. So he was not a bad person, but I now looking back and analyzing the whole scenario with my dad, I realized that he was just emotionally weak person. He was a musician, his 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 dream was to become a musician and when suddenly met my mom and I was born, now he had to grow up really fast when he was I think barely turned 18 and now he has a child coming up. Okay, I have to be the man who's going to support his family and he loved his job as as far as driving the train but his true passion was be, being a musician. Now he couldn't do that after I was born. Now he had to work hard and support the family. And where I'm from, um, you don't just buy a house, you build your house with your bare hands. So what, Seriously? Yeah. So my dad, every time he came home from school as an 18 years old, he was not going out and, and having fun and drinking beer. He was building our house with my, with my grandpa, like brick by brick. I, now looking back, I respect him that he went through so many pressure, so much pressure, he was not able to handle it. And um, is this what you do? Is this something you've kind of just been analyzing since it's yes. happened? So this wasn't something yeah. that it wasn't a conversation you ever no. had with your father. It's no. years and years of just yeah. Kinda- yeah, actually, I started analyzing this whole stuff, um, and I'm gonna be blunt about it after I had my DMT trip. Wow, <laughs> that's an interesting story. There's so much more we can allude to this, but I remember you did tell me when you smoked the DMT, you yes. felt as if you had closure with your father. Yes. Um, Side note, I don't smoke weed um, and I'm not a fan of drugs, but I heard a lot about DMT and uh, I was like, why not give it a try? I had a couple of friends who had out-of-body experience. Um, I consider myself God-believer, spiritual. I didn't know if I should go with it or no, but um, I don't know. One day I felt like, Maybe God was speaking to me, just go and try it. You, what do you have to lose? And and uh, when I was under this psychedelic substance, um, I, I, I was talking with him. I met him. He had gray hair. We were standing at the doorstep. Um, he was holding door handle. It felt like he was like just looking out from a different world. And he said, well, my son... It is what it is. I kind of fucked up. And I said, yeah, you did. And, um, well, you know, I hope you're not angry. And I said, well, I was, but, you know, now that I see you, you're okay. I think I'm okay. So then we said goodbye, and he closed the door, and he left. And after... After that trip, I started analyzing why was he behaving like that? Why he reached to alcohol instead of being a man and just handle the day-to-day, you know, pressure of life. Because it's not easy when you're in a little shitty village where there's nothing happening, like literally nothing. And all you do is just go to work, you come home, and um, there are no options of go out entertainment there are no theaters like there's only one fucking bar in the whole village everyone goes there and uh, and that's it and we're on grocery store so not many options because everyone is a farmer 
So it's like literally slowed that. That was that was for me. I'm not trying to diss anyone, you know. For a lot of people, that's appealing to get away from everyone and just be in a nice, beautiful village. Just see green everywhere and animals. Uh, I I I felt like I meant to do something more, and I felt like my dad had that gut feeling too, but he was not able to fulfill it because suddenly he became a dad and now he was getting hit by pressure left and right and now I got to take care of my family. And um, it sounds like, I don't want to say you're justifying it. I'm kind of justifying but it. But it, 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 it sounds like you've been really searching for just a reason and just trying to find an explanation for everything, which you're, makes sense. It's hard. I would, I would do the same thing. You're completely right because for many, many, many years, I... I was completely resenting him even more after his death, and I was completely angry at him. Uh, every time I went to the cemetery, I almost wanted to spit on his grave, you know? Um, and I was yelling stuff at him, like, how can you be so fucking weak and leave us, you know? Um, <clears throat> so when was it until you, you felt the peace? Is it after this experience? With after, after literally, the, like that was after it, that was the, the experience, I've, I felt like maybe I should look at this whole scenario from his perspective instead of my perspective. And that's what made more sense. Then I realized, okay, well, he was just a human being as well, was making a lot of mistakes. And um, no one, I mean, we were trying to be there to help him, but he was just rejecting the help. Um, there was one thing what one of my best friends said when we were at the funeral about life, and I, I love, love this um, sentence or little... I don't know what's the English term for it. Phrase. Phrase. Um, he he said if if you look at life like a big ocean, like the Pacific Ocean, and all of us we are just a tiny little drop in the ocean, and when the ocean moves like waves, and you see these drops just flying out from the ocean, and you can compare that to one person's life, like someone has a longer curve someone has just a small one mm -hmm. and we don't know because we, we don't know what's what's god's plan to us you know uh why things happening because i was questioning certain things as well why us why me god why him um it had to happen that 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 needed to happen because he fulfilled his purpose and um that was his curve that was his arc exactly it sounds like you found peace of it now but what about your i'm curious about your brother because it's always interesting when siblings you know sometimes siblings take things a lot differently like my sisters mm -hmm. experienced the death of my dad a lot differently as opposed to me how was how'd your brother take it and where is he today he is still haven't opened up about it he's 33 now um he's still avoiding conversation about my dad and um, every time um, my dad's birthday comes up, um, he gets really emotional and I'm following his path and gets drunk for a week. Um, it's I think it's harder for him because he was there physically when the whole thing happened and he, he was trying to help, but he couldn't. Um, and um, I, I think he's still processing it because he doesn't know how to handle it emotionally. And um, 
no one really talks to him about it because he's one of those silent persons that doesn't speak much mm-hmm. and it's it's hard to pull out any words from him um i tried to speak to him a couple of times now he's more open but he's still hiding his feelings um it's not easy for a young man losing his dad you know and trying to save him you know um it was yeah, he had a first hand his first hand view like I forgot about you know that's yeah. him being there that's a totally yeah. that's a tough experience it's, it's different when you see it through a movie when you're actually experiencing it like I didn't experience it either but you know I've been in car accident and stuff like that and when that experience happens you're like holy shit I can't believe this is happening right here right. in front of me so I feel like I'm trying to reach out to him more often and 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 I try to communicate with him about it. I, it takes time. It takes time. It's 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 not easy. Um, I think it was easier for me because of the distance. I I choose purposely to be far away and and not be around them all the time. Which yeah. which kind of, on the other hand, I felt like was I just running away or was I just following the path what God told me to do? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I I felt I was blaming myself that I was not there. Why was I so far away? Um, a lot of ifs. Yeah, it's a lot of ifs. I mean, that's a that's a deep rabbit hole when you start thinking about what you could have done, no matter what the situation. You're gonna drive yourself yeah. fucking crazy doing that. Um, and it's such a different dynamic with you with you saying you you know you weren't that close to your father. You kind of had a falling off at all this. Yeah. So I feel like that that really overcomplicates once that happens, especially at such a sudden death, that it, you're even more you're even you're implicated even more to question things. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it didn't go the way you didn't have a relationship that I'm sure you wish you had. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like when you had that experience where you felt like you had the closure, mm-hmm. that that's kind of all you wanted was just a little yes. like you know. I mean, obviously you wanted him to get better, and I'm sure your whole family did, but even just an acknowledgement that you know that he did mess up. You know, that he could have done things uh, in mm-hmm. a different direction. Like, I saw it in your face and you said it. You just felt, it felt it felt like a relief. And it was mm-hmm. like, that's kind of all I wanted. You know, I, I wish you did this, I wish you did that. But just the fact that you would acknowledge it yeah, goes a long way. And it, it, closes, it closes the wound up a little bit. I agree. Um, still thinking about it, analyzing it. What helped me a lot is Tony Robbins as well helped me a lot. I love to go to this his events and... Um, I hired a life coach, which gave me a lot of good advices, how to emotionally um, analyze this and overcome and 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 um, process this and move forward. Because I realized that even now he's not around me, but for me, the lack of not having a father figure around me has been following me till now. That literally in my career, or uh, I'm looking for a father figure. And sometimes I'm so desperate that um, I'm I'm going the extra mile. For example, working with my existing boss just to make sure I can get an acknowledgement. It, it reaches a point that it's not even about the money, how much money I make. Just tell me that I was a good boy and that they did a great job. It's it's stupid. <laughs> no, it's not. It, it's it's not at all. That it just that's just 
that's real. It's a mm-hmm. real deep. It's a deep impression that you never think about what comes over that, just because you didn't have yeah. you didn't have that as a kid. No, but that's not even a kid thing. It's like I think normally adults just like acknowledgement. You like when people say you did a good job, pat in the back. That goes a long way to yeah. your whole life, let alone as a kid. But not to have that as a kid. I was a straight A student the whole time. Primary school, high school, or whatever you guys call it here in the U.S. We call it primary school and secondary school. And even in university, I, I finished with um, B plus, and um, I majored in IT. And now I'm not even practicing it because I'm just not fucking interested. Um, so I, I never had that from him. He never told me I'm proud of you, or or acknowledge it, or it's, yeah, you're correct. It's and it's it's tough nowadays. World, it's it's all about making money, 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 because you think that's the the acknowledgement that, oh, why should I say good job or whatever, great, you closed this deal or I don't know, for example, in your case, you sold that house. Right. I mean, I'm saying any, any acknowledgement like that, I mean, if a lot of people won't want to admit it, you know what I mean? They say like, oh, I wish you would like confront it. Mm-hmm. It's like it's something that you, you just really hope someone else would do for you. Mm-hmm. But, but you specifically not having that for such a long time, of course, it's going gonna, it's gonna to translate to your adulthood now, but it's very, it's very mature and very interesting for you to, you know, acknowledge that and be aware of that. So how did you get, how did you make this from you overthink, thinking this stuff? Or was it like you said, Tony Robbins made you realize this? So my life coach made me realize that now I'm an adult, <laughs> a young adult. So I don't need a father figure because I can be my own father figure. So the acknowledgement, all I need is just from myself, right? you know? So I'm not sure if you went to one of these Tony events, he actually teaches you, like, you can just pet yourself. You jump up high and you give your own self a fucking <laughs> high five or you just pet yourself on the back, you know. Um, and it feels good, you know. Um, it's just a different perspective. Exactly, exactly. But it's, it's, it, go, it always goes back to, at the end of the day, it's you. You, you even mentioned earlier, you know, no matter what you did, what you tried, your brother or your brother to try to help your father, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he had to decide. We, we all have to decide. So it kind of reverts back to you saying, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be nice to have this affirmation that I'm doing a good job. Mm-hmm. But as long as you know and truly believe that you're doing a good job, what else do you need? But it's, I agree. It, not that it, I mean, not that it does feel better when someone like your father says it. Mm-hmm. I get that. But it just seems like you just made a switch and look at it. Like, you know what? I, I could give myself my own gratification. I know, exactly. I, I know I'm doing this. I know I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. It it actually inspired me. I would not be here in the United States, and I just got my citizenship uh, two months ago in December. It took okay. me ten years, and I'm I'm. I promised myself after my my dad passed away, and the whole circumstances that the EMT didn't show up in forty five minutes, and yada 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 of the whole situation with the doctor, the village doctor decided not to come over. Um, I I decided, you know what. I'm going to go somewhere else, but I'm going to feel home. Because growing up as a Hungarian in an Eastern European country, as Czechoslovakia, and the reason for that, because Czechoslovakia used to be a part of uh, Austro-Hungarian monarchy, and everyone was under one roof. And after the Second World War, now suddenly there were all of these little countries, and a lot of people were born in a different country, but with different nationality me Hungarian born in Czechoslovakia. So in Czechoslovakia, I was a fucking Hungarian. (laughs) And in Hungary, when I was studying over there at the university, due to my accent, I was a fucking Slovakian. 
And after this happened with my dad, I realized, you know what, I don't really have this patriotic feeling anymore. And and I'm just going to be fucking American one day. I decided that day, I was like, you know what, the only person who was pulling me back not to make the move and leave my country was my dad. Because he was trying to keep me close. He was like, why you guys go so far away to school, just be around us, just be on the couch together and watch TV. No, I want to live my life. I want to go further. Like, I, I, I want to travel. I, I want to see the world. And um, after he died, I felt like, okay, now, there's nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to go. Because everyone has this delusion that we're going to live for fucking forever. That you wake up in the morning and you're always going to drink your coffee or you go to Starbucks or, or whatever is your routine you're going to go and work at. But you're not. When my dad passed away, he was a six five tall guy, and we were in the rush to do the funeral, so the largest coffin that we were able to get was six four, so he didn't really fit in, so me and my godfather was trying to squeeze in a six five guy in a six four coffin. so what do you do? <laughs> so you bend the person's knee and you pull him down and you just close the bottom part of the coffin, and then you just show the top part that you know. The person is smiling there and it's all good, but it's not. He's cramped up below, which is <laughs> fucked oh up. And Wait, you guys had to do this? How come the service didn't uh, handle this part? Small village. Small <laughs> you know, and at that time, my godfather, I mean, my, 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 my dad's brother, he was the, the mayor of the town. So he was like, Let, let's take care of it. We're not going to wait for the servant to do it. Because it's awkward what, what the people are going to say, what the family is going to say. Oh, my God. Everyone look. knows each other. Yeah, pretty much. But, oh, my God, what Nancy from the neighborhood is going to say? Oh, my God, look at Robert's head. It's crooked. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. So um, me and my my godfather are there. Okay, so how are we going to squeeze this body into this smaller coffin? So he was like, grab his leg. I'm going to grab his shoulders. So I grab his legs, his left and right. Um, calf, that's how you call it? Calf, yeah. Calf. And um, because the doctors couldn't figure out where exactly the the blood clot was traveling in his body, so they they cut him from his left leg all the way up to his lung, and they, they didn't really sew up the, the, the cut properly. So when I grabbed his left calf, hmm. um, three of my fingers just slipped in like two and a half inches deep to his calf. Oh, and I was like, what the... And my godfather looks at me and is like, don't worry, he doesn't feel anything anymore. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. Your hand's just in your dad's just, leg. Exactly. So Holy I, Mary, Lord. I pull my fingers out and trying to grab his legs lower and I pull him down. And I was like, holy shit, this just happened. <laughs> and the messed up part is... I'm looking at my dad and his face, he's smiling. I'm like, even now he's laughing at me, like, what the fuck? I mean, the smiling's definitely messed up, but yeah. your fingers in your dad's leg is definitely more yeah. messed up. Yeah, so that made me realize, you know what? One day, you know, it's going to be my turn. Like, what am I waiting for? What am I waiting for in this little tiny village? Um and even the city where I was studying 600 miles away, it's, I felt like it's not big enough. Like, I got to follow my dreams and go. Because this is bullshit. Like, this delusion, what we tell ourselves that we're going to live forever, it's, it's, it's nonsense. You will not. 
And one of my best friends said, if you look at your life as a movie, and let's say you would go into the theater, would you watch your own movie? Because if you say no, it's time to fucking change it. Hmm. It's time to change it because if you think your own movie is boring, then something is really wrong. That you you're not living and fulfilling your purpose, and and you better change right now because no one else will. They will not come after you. Hey, David, you know what? That inspired me. Actually, pushed me to my limits. That okay, it's it's time. It's time. And um, two years later, I finally I took the courage and I had enough money. I said, you know what? I'm gonna get. A one-way ticket. I had seventeen hundred dollars in my pocket, and I'm gonna follow my American dream. I was just so always amazed and inspired by, you know, for, especially about America. I was Plus like, this is less. You have more than six hundred people, and the EMTs will come a lot faster here. Yes, <laughs> that's that's fucking absolutely. Sure. That's out of this world. So, I mean, overall, you feel like are you are you in a good place now? I am. It seems, like, it seems like you're still thinking about. A I'm lot of still. Things. I'm still processing it it's 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 a long process because i'm grateful because i was able to see his life from the first row you know as as a in the theater let's say and i i promised myself only one thing i'm gonna do exactly everything the opposite what we have done yeah it seems like you left his movie in the first act yeah and 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 because of that i'm doing i was like i I promised myself you know what i'm gonna be more successful I'm I'm gonna live in in an amazing country, or I'm gonna own supercars. Right now, I don't know if I told you I'm driving the BMW i8. I'm so happy. Yeah, no and shit. Yes. Um, I wanna. It's, we it's end this conversation now, so we can go for a ride. Yes, sir. It's <laughs> it's one step. You know, I'm a car freak, so I'm I'm really happy. I'm feeling blessed. Um, and um, his death has really inspired me to make changes in my life. That's what's forward. powerful. That's what's powerful because it's very easy to follow that same path. I feel like mm-hmm. more often than not, and pretty often you, you know, you hear people doing the same path and like might replicate exactly what he's doing, but you yeah. actually flipped the script. You got frustrated, and you just said, "No, fuck that. I'm, not, I'm I don't want that for my life. Yeah. I want to write my own movie." And you're still analyzing things. I'm still analyzing things. I don't think that ever changes. I think it's more that grief doesn't end. I heard a quote, grief just evolves, and that's kind yes. of part of the process. I agree, and, and, and you do need to grieve. That's what I learned after attending all of these Tony Robbins events, that when you go through such experience, you do have to grieve. Even when you go through even a breakup, you do have to have that period of, 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 of grief because if you just shut off and you act like nothing happened, it's going to eat your life. It's going to come back and bite you. Because um, my, my brother almost went down the road. Um, I flipped the switch, but he did not. He started getting into the drinking habit and to a point that my mom called me again in college, like, you got to come home and talk to your brother. And uh, I came home after two months and I looked at him. I was like, what are you doing with yourself? I'm 22, you're 20. Uh, are you want to end up like your, like, like our dad? Because... What do you say? Oh, you know, I'm just sad, you know. And, and it's been years. Um, I was like, well grow up or move forward or talk about it. But if you're going to end up like him, I'm going to come home. I'm going to beat you to death because I'm not going to have this. I'm not going to see this and watch you to do the same crap. And I'm not going to let my mom to go through again because my mom get to the point that started crying. Oh my God, my, my younger son is, is following the path of my, my husband. And then 
he switched and uh, actually his wife, his fiance now wife, she helped him to make the switch. Um, the caring, the loving person who she is made him feel safe, you know, gave him hope for a better future. And he stopped drinking just occasionally when we have family events. So I'm really, really grateful for him. It's amazing. Yeah. All right, well, it's, it's, it takes time. I mean, it's been how many years now? 15. And that's what it takes. There's no there's no rules to it. So I think uh, you did a lot of reflecting. You're still doing a lot of reflecting. So it's it's really it's really cool to hear that. You know, I mean, the fact you've done so much thinking about it. And I wonder, I wonder, you know, the, how long it takes to really find an answer. But I don't know if we ever do. I don't know if you ever find an answer. I think it's just... Can we find peace and just accept what happens? And there's also like a fine line between overthinking it, I feel mm -hmm. like. No? Do you think I agree. You can get too deep into it. It's yeah. just like rewriting a script. You can write a script. I think it's good, but you can always make changes here and there. So at a point, you just got to like just let it fly. And mm -hmm. I mean, at the same time, you said you found relief in it, which was, was, cool, was kind of a big deal too. You found relief and like, okay, now I'm finally as sad as it is, you know, you can finally do your thing and not feel mm -hmm. any resistance. I agree. Damn, man. Well, I want to thank you for being on here. Um, it's truly a, a unique story. And once again, I think your reflection on it is going to go a long way for people because your dynamic with your father and your relationship is, you know, one of the first in this discussion that, uh, you know, had a, a little conflicting relationship with your father. So I think it adds some, some deep insight on how mm -hmm. others might handle that. But um, Cornell, we actually have a drink this time. So I'm actually excited about that. So click clack. Thank you, brother. I appreciate Thank you for having here. me, brother. Appreciate and, it. And, uh, uh, if I can make a final note again, um, I do not want to come off, you know, after this interview that, oh, here's this jerk who was like talking smack about his dad. I do respect him and I do love him. And I, I sometimes I think like I wish I would be there or I wish I switched my life, you know, and he would be around, especially now that I have, I just got engaged. Yeah. And, and I'm going to get married soon with my with my beautiful queen and I'm feeling blessed. I just feel sucks that he's not going to be there to see right. maybe my, my, my fiance and my future children. So what I can tell to anyone else, if you have a beef with your dad or your mom or any of the family members like I did, don't wait till the last minute. Just don't wait, you know, just put all of those stuff on the side and, 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 and be there for the person. Even if the person doesn't want your help, you know, at least check in with the person and just say them to love them because when it's too late, uh, there's no one to talk to afterwards, you know. You will regret it just like I did. I wish I didn't say certain things to him, you know. I, I, I wish I being, I wish I was in the better terms with him because it took me years and it still takes me, you know, it probably take me even more years to find peace. Um, just go them, hug them, love them, be there for them, support them. Uh, even if they are annoying or you don't accept their actions, uh, don't like their accept, uh, actions, just, just love them because you cannot change what your family, but you can still love them no matter what. 
Amen, brother. That was well fucking said. Thank you for that. The only thing I say you shouldn't do is put your fingers in their leg. Yes, sir. If that opportunity <laughs> ever comes. So that was a great way to end it. Um, Cornell, my man, thank you again. And uh, I'm about to jump in your car for a ride. Thanks for coming, guys. Another episode of Dead Talks. You know where to find me. Take care. Thank you.